Hey family, it's your boy J-Rated R, and yes, you are tuning in to Pharaoh Radio. Where you heard it here, you heard it first. On Pharaoh Radio family, there are no stereotypes, no discrimination. We talk about everything. There's no filters and there's no censorship. We talk about spirituality, religion, what's going on in the world, relationships, all that, and a whole lot more. So if you're looking for something down to earth or even outside the box, tuning in to Fable Radio with your boy Jay, that's where it's at. So share with your friends and your family. Chime in on Fable Radio, where you heard it here, you heard it first. I'm your boy Jay Read It All, signing off saying to all those, stay blessed, peace, and namaste. Greetings and salutations, Pharaoh Radio family. It's your boy, Jay Rated R, and you are tuning in to another wonderful episode of Pharaoh Radio. Well, you heard it here. You heard it first. No doubt. I hope each and every one of you that are tuning in at this moment from whatever, wherever you are, at whatever time you're tuning in to the show. I hope your life is doing fairly well, decent. I hope that you're fairly healthy or in a a stable condition. Family, we don't say the things that we ought to say. A lot of us. I'm not saying that for everyone. There are probably many people on the planet that do uh, make this an everyday thing. They've just put this in or incorporated this type of practice into their life where life has given them a lot more to be thankful for. And, And the matter is, we should all be thankful. And a lot of us don't often be thankful as much as we should be. And I am included in that conversation. Now, I've stepped it up a lot more lately in doing better and being thankful for my life, for my family, for those that I'm close with, and uh, even those I don't know, because, you know, it takes all types of people to make this world go round. Although we know the creator is the reason why the world really turns, right? He gives us diversity, though. And as much as we may have a unique individual difference about us, we're a lot more alike than anyone realizes. One being the case, we're humans. We have a lot of the same types of behavioral patterns because of us being human in general. So our DNA is wired to act a certain way and react a certain way. But um, this is just going to be a kickback, laid back, reflective podcast family. I told you we're going to be doing more of that in between a lot of our serious studies. Uh, I want to kind of get back to kind of how I used to do my podcast when I first started, minus all the cussing <laughs> um, that I once did. And I, I wasn't cussing like a fish, but my mouth was loose back then. For those of you who've been walking with me or have caught up or have gotten uh, a gist of some of the earlier uh, podcasts that we've done from when I first started Pharaoh Radio back in July of 2019, all the way up, I've always presented, I feel personally, solid, entertaining information, down to earth conversations. Like I say, one of my models is we talk about any and everything. We talk about any and everything. There is no filters, there's no censorship, there's no BS. On this show, we come real, we come raw, we come authentic, or we don't come at all. And the one thing that's based on everything, whether you know it or not, 
doesn't matter what the category is. All things related are based upon spirituality. That means all things are spiritual, but not all things have a soul. That means that we all connect. We're all energy. Uh, and we're all made in the image and likeness of the creator. Most of us. Some of us are actually not even human, but that's another story, you know, to each their own. And if you wonder for anybody that's tuning in right now that may be new to the show, why I just said that, well, you're just going to have to start going back in time and listening to my podcast and you'll have a better idea why I talk like that. Um, family, my thing is this to each their own. Now, that doesn't mean just go out here and feel free to kill somebody. <laughs> it doesn't because all things have consequences behind them. However, I'm nobody to tell you what to do no more than you are to anybody else. But I am someone who shares in his experiences, uh, most of them. I don't tell every single thing about my life, family. I got to have some some privacy, okay? But I do, I'm very transparent with you all. I've always been that way. I've been genuine, especially when I touch on uh, touchy subjects, relationships, money, uh, family, the, you know, just anything from a worldly point of view that we all have experienced or are experiencing or probably will experience at some point in our life. It's just, it's just nature, man. It's just a way of life. So, yeah, this is just a reflective podcast where we just kind of chill, lay back a little bit, talk to talk, just freestyle, whatever comes to mind. And I can always freestyle if I can't do anything else. My skills on, on the mic is just like that. And I, I'm not tooting no horns. I'm just saying I put a body of work into it all my life. I mean, I was gifted with music since I was born. You know, I can play the piano by ear because my father can uh, but I haven't played in a while, so I'm sure I'm pretty rusty. As far as getting on the mic as an MC, being a lyricist, that's that's just in me, you know. And even though I've cleaned it up a lot in terms of how I how I present my infam- I mean how I present myself on the mic, I'm still Jay Reed at all. Meaning, the name doesn't imply anything uh, inappropriate, you know. It all goes based on how you view yourself, the conduct of how you carry yourself and the content and what you put out. I've always liked to think of myself, no, regardless of whatever position or phase I am in my life, whatever chapter I was in or however old I was, I always looked at myself as at least being mature enough to present you with real content, real authentic content about real things that happen to people, whether you believe it or not, whether you are someone who's experienced those things or not fam. And so I grow every day as long as I'm living and I'm thankful for that. And, I'm, and, and that's another thing I want to kind of like reiterate on. We should be more thankful than we are. A lot of us are not as thankful. We have problems in our life. I get it. Some of our lives, we look at, at others and compare, but we should never compare. Um, it, it's, it's just one of those freaky situations. Um, that require us to be more observant. And uh, forgive me, for uh, family. I was about to say, forgive me, father. Forgive me, family. I was doing something while I was kind of paused. Um, but it's just one of those, those freaky scenarios, fam, where at some point in your life, you start changing. You know, you got to change. I mean, if you don't grow, you're not, you're not moving. You're not growing. You're stagnant. You know, you'll be a stationary target. Not so much for somebody to attack or the enemy. Well, the enemy is always attacking in the spirit world. But I'm not talking about people in general. I'm just saying your life has to have purpose. 
and and everything has purpose and 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 it moves in its own time there's some things we have to initiate right like faith faith is something that we're given through free will that we that we just have to have in some shape form or fashion and somewhere somebody needs to hear this 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 type of messaging never gets old because you always got fresher uh and newer people coming into uh awareness of my podcast whether it's through something they they came across online through accident somebody recommended it or they've heard about it whatever the case is i'm just thankful that the lord has brought them to this podcast um because they can really benefit, I feel, from a lot of the things we've talked about. Um, and not just because it's me saying it, but because it's something that I've learned along the way from you all, from my personal experiences, from a collaboration and a collective of many different things over time. And I'm learning to finally some of these things, I'm, I'm learning to process them and utilize them better by internalizing them and and. And just, you know, stepping out on faith and seeing what happens. You know, I'm not too big on just making risk that don't seem logic. But then everything that seems logic to me may not be logic at all. A lot of times we don't know things until we step out on faith and learn it through experience. Now, I'm not going to say close your eyes on faith and walk out in front of a a bunch of cars (laughs) and and have faith that you're going to get through and not get hit. That at that point kind of alleviates common sense and logic, right? No, we want to keep things as best as we can in our five sense perception through a construct of common sense and logic. But sometimes things do have to have faith as its motivator. If you believe that you can do something or something will happen for you, believe it. And that's what the world calls the law of attraction. You have to believe it's already happened before it happens to affirm it, right? To put it out there. And uh, the Bible talks about that. That's what faith is. Is it, You know, we walk by faith, not by sight. If you believe, um, wonderful things happen. Timing is of the essence. It doesn't always happen when we want it to, but that's for good reason. Some of it has a lot to do with us hindering our own blessings based on our decisions. A lot of it has to do with it's just not at the right time for us. And we can alter that decision sometimes by being too quick, right? Too quick witted or too impatient, wanting it right now and then and kind of selling ourselves short because we can't see it from where we are. You know, we don't have the vision to project what it could be. And a lot of times, it's not meant for you to see it. You see it in your own way, but a lot of times you just have to wait to see how it manifests. And I think that's one of the beauties of life. It's not knowing sometimes what's ahead, just living in each moment by moment, appreciating each moment as it, as it unfolds. Sometimes I feel like if we did know things before they happened, if we knew too much or knew everything, how will we be able to process enjoying the moment of being alive? You're at your best when you're alive because You don't know how long that is. And that's why we should have even more of an inkling of excitement to just appreciate every second of our life. 
And the the same applies to the people in your life. We take them for granted because we're used to seeing them every day, hearing from them every day. Just knowing they're going to be around is how we think because we've gotten so used and comfortable with having that leisure given to us by the creator. No one's waking up every day wondering about death. And you should never worry either because worrying actually lessens your life expectancy because worry which is stress causes you do harm it starts mentally it then it manifests in the body as a disease or something physically and it can cause you to you know shorten your life the bible tells us this in matthew chapter six so bible also tells us that reading the word is health it gives you life and health the word, because it's alive. And some of you still are wondering right now, why do people say the Bible is alive? Like it's actually some real entity, because it is. <laughs> That's why it's called a divine book of the most high, is because it is. I just realized my clock stopped working. So family, that's what I want you all to understand. Uh, you might hear something in the background here. <laughs> Don't be alarmed. I'm all kind of walking around at the moment. Um, family, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to reflect some more. I'm your boy, Jay Reed R. Don't go anywhere, family. We got some much more to talk about today. So stay tuned after these messages. I'm different, I'm different, thank God I'm different, 
I'm different. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. All right, good family. We are back. Um, real quickly, I want to I want to ask something of, of of a favor for those of you who have no problem sincerely throwing a prayer my way. I would like you to pray for the um, Hughes family, the Jefferson family, um, the Holloway family. Now, I know you don't a lot of you don't even know who I'm asking you to pray for other than the names I'm given. And this is my family. I'm asking you to pray for um, also pray for uh, the Petticolas family and um, the Gibson family. There's a lot of family I've, I've like I've, I mentioned in the last podcast uh, very briefly. I didn't want to get too much into the personal parts of that. Um, but since this is a particular podcast called Reflection is Rehabilitation, uh, I would really appreciate those of you who don't mind sending me a genuine, sincere prayer to my family uh, for the losses that we've just uh, incurred here within the last week and a half or so. Um, Today is actually my aunt's funeral and I'm not there because I had some things that I had to do. Now, of course, you can always make time for your family, but to be honest with you, family, if I'm being honest, I I just couldn't go. Um, So, you know, it's it's, I've paid my respects to my other family members, uh, such as my cousin, who was the daughter of my aunt that passed. And then, of course, I have another cousin that lost her husband a week before that happened. And she was burying him this past weekend. And then me and her double kin, her mother, uh, my other cousin, that is her mother is my father's sister and her dad who passed away himself. He was my uncle. So on her mom's side, me and her are first cousins on her on my dad's side. I mean, on my dad's side, me and her are first cousins. On my mom's side, me and her second cousins. Her dad is my was my great uncle. And this may sound confusing, but he was actually the brother to my aunt who just died. And he was the brother to my grandmother who died earlier this year, who was my mom's mom. So as you can see, this funerals is just, you know, it's never good family, even though we have spiritual knowledge. And we can talk about death. We can build ourselves up to it. We've experienced it from since we were, you know, young little kids into the world. We've lost family members. We've lost friends. We've seen death in general for other people. We know it. But no matter how much you have experienced spirituality, you still mourn because you care. You have feelings. You hate to see someone go because they're gone physically. 
And, you know, everybody has a different perception of what they think happens when you die. You know, one of the things, and I've shared this with you all before, is we've heard it all too too many times. Some of us say it, where when someone dies, they say, well, they're no longer suffering. They're in a better place. And we would love to really believe that. And some of us really believe that. Now, if we have real actual reason by knowing the person, if we can confirm that or agree to that come to that concurrence and agreeing that we really feel that this person has moved on to a better place okay fine it doesn't hurt you or me either way to say it but is it realistic to say it because it depends on your faith as to how you believe whether or not someone has moved on to a better realm and I know a lot of people would want to disagree. A lot of people will agree. You're entitled to your opinion. Um, I just don't believe that's always the case. We would like to think the highest of a person, even if they live a lifestyle that wasn't the best. Now, I'm not judging no one, but I'm saying if somebody was raping somebody, killing somebody. Now, I'm not saying nobody did that. I'm just using an example. So I'm not hinting. I'm not hinting around or or anything of that nature to any particular person or anybody in my family. I'm not saying that, I'm just saying to make an example. We love to say this person has moved on to a better place, but if their lifestyle wasn't the best, and none of our lifestyles are really the best, we like to have our own standard of what good means, but if we're using the scriptures, if we're, if we're keeping it biblically oriented, let me just stay say that, then your lifestyle is not based on works. It's based on your faith and and do you walk and believe in Yahusha as your Lord and Savior? Did you accept him? Were you baptized? Do you believe in him as your Lord and Savior? Did he die on the cross for your sins, rose three days later? If you believe that in your heart, you should be saved, right? But just because that is you being saved and given the eternal gift of life, the gift of eternal life, doesn't mean that you can just still go out here and live a lifestyle that's according to the Bible, a sinful lifestyle. Like we all gonna sin because we're still sinners. But if we live a willingly and a willfully lifestyle of sin with no remorse, no repentance, then the Bible says he will tell us, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. Because a, a, a practitioner or a worker of iniquity, which is wickedness and sinfulness, is somebody who does these things without feeling any remorse for their sins. They love living in sin and they won't they won't turn away from it. They won't renounce it. They won't repent from it. And the word for repent in Greek is metanoia means to have a change of mind. So if you're living like that. The Bible says you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So where's the other place that you go? If you don't get into heaven, where's the other place? You know what that is. We just did a podcast on it. I didn't elaborate all the way into details like I probably will eventually. But you know where I'm going with this. So when we say that at these funerals, just in general, I'm just generalizing. I'm not talking about my aunt, my uncle, anybody I've lost. I'm talking about anybody, period. We would love to say this person has moved on and we're Christ now, this and that. But we don't know that. We don't know that. We can only say we hope and pray that they, they did make it into the, those heavenly door, doors. Because if we're going by the Bible, I'm just saying if we're going by Bible, a lot of you ain't going by the Bible. I get it. But if we're going by the scriptures, you ain't going to just wash yourself up in nobody's heaven 
and you ain't clean. Clean don't mean being perfect and holy. Holy simply means to be set apart from. It don't mean you're walking around perfect. Okay, that's been a kind of a misnomer, a sort of a, a misled, inappropriate definition of what we uh, like to attribute to people who are saints or holy people. We like to see that they're somebody who doesn't make any mistakes. No one on this planet has ever lived and not sinned except one person. And that's Yahushua himself. Jesus, if you don't know who Yahushua is. And for those of you, if you're tuning in to the first time and you didn't ever hear the word Yahushua, I, I, I also recommend you go into the podcast I did called uh, The Name of the Creator and the Father. And it's got on the, uh, the, 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 the picture, the icon picture that I use for that. You'll see the word Yahushua on it. Check it out. It's five hours. I get it's long, but it, I went into it. I, I gave a lot of study into that. I put a lot of time and work into that to help make it clear to each their own. But let me get back on to what we're talking about here, family. So, yeah, just thank you for your prayers. If you don't mind, I really I really appreciate it. Prayer always to intercede on somebody else's behalf is always a blessing. People often don't know the true power of real prayer. There's no special way you got to pray. There's no certain way you got to hold your hands. We do that out of worship and respect to the father. But if you just pray from the heart, he already he, he will accept that. OK, because he knows it's genuine. And he knows your prayers, whether you speak out loud, whether you speak to yourself, whether you're thinking it, whatever the case is, whether you go to a private place and, and your secret places, they say it doesn't matter. Just please, if you don't mind, I would really appreciate it. And so would my family. Really appreciate your prayers. It don't cost a thing to do that. Not asking for nobody's money or hand in anything. I'm just asking for your prayers. And for those of you who genuinely feel comfortable enough to do that, I really thank you. For those of you that rather not, I respect that. No offense. None taken. <laughs> um, I'd rather you pray for me than curse me. You know what I'm saying? So um, this is the time to reflect, man. Death always usually helps bring out reflection. Unfortunately, we we don't realize certain things until it's too late. And death usually is one of those moments when we go back and we say, well, I should have maybe done this person a little differently. I should have said this. I should have acted this way better. Uh, I've come recently into some reflections of my own personally uh, involving a person, persons, family, myself. Uh, the Bible has made these things very clear for me to be more reflective on it. And, uh, you know, when you take these things seriously into consideration and you look at them and actually make a self-assessment by self-evaluating or re-evaluating yourself, it brings a different and more clear perspective. Sometimes it brings you back to what you already knew. You just got lost in, in a moment. And sometimes that happens to us all. We, we stumble or we fall or we backslide or something of that nature. We get caught up through fiery trials that the Bible warns us about and tells us not to act as if these things are a shock because they are expected. But we don't always catch that when we go through it. We, we're so into our human nature and we're always involved in our emotions. We miss the point that this is a fiery trial right now and I'm failing. And so when you become super conscious, now I'm going to say super, that puts too much stress or pressure on somebody to have to be aware. Let's just keep it simple. When you become more aware consciously, because that's what consciousness is, it's awareness. And you really pay attention 
through action, through mistakes, through things said or done or not said or done as they should have been or ought to be. That opens the door for you to be a better person because you want to change. Metanoia, you have a change of mind. You're reflecting on something that has been presented to you in a way where it becomes aware to you. And that's kind of like what we've talked about throughout the different podcasts about the three levels of truth or as some will call the three levels of acceptance. We know that first time that something is presented to someone at first, it's presented in, in a way that they are not able to accept it because they ridicule it. They laugh at it. They blow it off. They don't think it's serious enough to even take it into consideration. Secondly, it becomes violently opposed. It's now become somewhat of a threat to their belief or how they feel. So they are definitely rejecting it and they're opposed to it. But somewhere in between the first and second, there's the third. Now, thirdly, when it finally comes back to them, they have a different mindset than they had the first and second time. First time they laughed at it, they ridiculed it. Second time they violently opposed it. That means Donald, I don't want to hear no more about it, right? But thirdly, something has happened. There's some time space, there's an interview of time, something that's interjected. There's a moment of time that's taken place for them to experience something in that same fashion with that same thing. And it's brought to them again. This time it's reflective. It's been reflected upon. And now it's starting to become differently. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's approached differently. This third time, it's finally realized as self-evidence. That means that they have, through some form of reflection, through something awakening them to it and its actual form or whatever the case is, they've become illuminated and they realize what you've been trying to tell them the first and second time, but they had to realize it. That's why they call it self-evident. It had to be self-actualized. It had to be consciously brought into their awareness. Now they get it. And that's kind of how that, and that's the three levels of truth. You can Google this. You can go on Google and say, what are the three levels of truth? Or what are the three levels of acceptance? And, and, and it will pop right up. And I've been knowing this for years. I've been saying this on the podcast for quite a while. That's reflection. You've heard the old saying, a lot of you, maybe some of you haven't, but if you haven't, well, you heard it here, you heard it first. That's why I say that on my show. But you've heard the old saying, when you know better, you do better. Now, that's not always true. That is a, that's a true saying, but people don't always go by that. It doesn't always happen in that order. A lot of people know better, but they still refuse to do better. And that's what the Bible says, according to Hebrews. Let me go. Listen, I'm not trying to give y'all scripture today, but yo, look, when the word, when the Holy Spirit puts something on me, when the Roach HaKodesh come upon me, I'm going to listen. Now, this is not going to be me getting into the scriptures, but it just goes to show you just how much this Bible stays relevant all throughout the day. That's why it tells you to never stop departing the word out of thy mouth. When you study like this and you put it and you make it a part of your life and your livelihood, you start seeing reflections of the word come out in your daily life. That's why it says, let the word be established by two or three. That means let it be a witness. Let it be proof that these things are true by showing up and manifesting as we talk about them. So if I go to Hebrews and there's many other it's other scriptures, but I'm just going to give you this one. And I'm going to keep it moving. If we go to Hebrews. Um, 
what was I saying? Well, I just told you one of the things. When we say something and it happens as a reflection, well, that's, that, that can be in 2 Corinthians 13, 1. That's in Matthew uh, 18, verse 19 and 20. There's also other scriptures for that too. But what I wanted to touch on is when you know something, you do better, right? When you know better, you do better. But we don't always go about it that way. And the reason I said that is because when you look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, this is how it reads. Let me go ahead and give you 25 and 26, give it more context. 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. There goes the assembling, the gathering of people coming together, as is the manner of some. See, like I said, you know, better you do better, but not everybody does it. Some do it. Some don't. But exhort, exhorting, exhorting one another, exhorting means to encourage. Right. It means to encourage one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. This is how you approach things. Right. We just had that talk. Now, here's where it becomes key. Verse 26. For if we sin with, excuse me, for if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. That means that after you've received the truth, remember when you know better, you do better, right? Knowing is knowing the truth, right? Becoming consciously aware of it. So it says here, for if we sin willfully, even after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. That means that now there's no excuse for you not to say you didn't know to do better, because now that you know, you still choose to do wrong, even though you know better, you're not doing better. So that's why I said every that saying doesn't always apply the way it's, it's said, because even though you know better, do you always do better? No. A lot of us, if not most of us, at some point in time, in some shape, form or fashion, we backslide, we stumble, we fall. And we may have been presented with this. This is why Yahusha, Jesus, if you going by the Bible, again, if you're going by the Bible, will say to those who on the day of judgment, if they didn't do what they were supposed to do and they knew they were supposed to do it, he's going to say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. That means you practicer of sin and, and wickedness. You knew better. There was no excuse for you. But you didn't repent. You didn't have a change of mind. You didn't be you didn't ask to be forgiven. You didn't change your ways. You kept doing what you knew you weren't supposed to. And that's the whole point of reflection. To look at yourself or to come into awareness of something you may not have been aware of at all. You had no knowledge of prior, but now you do. And so when you slide off the track a little bit, we're going to fall. Does it matter how many times you fall? No. What matters is you get up and each time you get up, you really have to have it in your heart not to fall again. It's a struggle, fam. Life is that continuous struggle. We wrestle against not flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against the powers, the domains of spiritual wickedness that lie in high places. This is a spiritual warfare for your mind and your soul. This is why you have to always stay prayed up. This is why I say prayer is important. Prayer is powerful. This is why you stay. If you are somebody who was a Bible thumper and you rock with the with the word, this is why you stay in the word daily. That's why it says not do not let these words depart out thy mouth. Keep your mind on the word. Meditate on the word. Not just sit there and meditate and empty yourself. No, meditate on the word because you become the word. The word is a living. It's a living it's the living word of the Most High Yah. 
It's the divine word. It's not just the logos. It's the it's the spoken word, the rima. Right. If y'all been those of you who've been listening to my shows wholeheartedly and all the way in, you know, these terms I'm using. I don't have time to like stop having this conversation just to keep reflecting on terms. I don't mind doing it, but it takes so much away from the message itself when you have to keep going back, stopping, going back, stopping and telling people this and that. That's why I say, well, if you haven't gotten caught up, listen to my shows, man. (laughs) You know, it's so much I don't still get to say or finish saying to you all because you just couldn't possibly put all this in one show. Two, three, four or five. When I did the Rapture and Resurrection series. And that may have been over some people's head. I did the best I could trying to explain it with limited time, with limited knowledge of people or people having limited knowledge of knowing what these things are. These type of things require Bible study, an actual Bible study. And that's something that I still am working on. I don't really quite know all of how I'm going to go about it. I did start off giving you... uh, Hence that we are going to start in the New Testament. I started on it, but I haven't finished it, fam. And there's still some work I have to do for my Instagram. If I don't get to it, I just don't get to it. Okay, that's a lot of work. And I don't mind putting in the work for anybody. I mean, nobody can say I haven't put the body of work in on this show when I've done hours and hours of study for you all. I mean, I've been doing this for four years now. I didn't even plan on that. And more or less, I didn't even plan on being in the Bible as much as I've been. That just happened to have fell upon me through the through the grace of the Most High. I still keep it 100 with you all and talk about any and everything we can talk about. I don't care what the subject matter is. We talk about it on this show. But just respect it and appreciate it is all I'm asking. That don't cost you anything. You know, you're not losing nothing behind that. You know, all I ask is for those of you who sincerely rock with me, support me. And you can support me in a, in a number of ways. Whatever way is more comfortable for you, support it. I'm not asking or begging for nothing. I'm asking people, if you genuinely appreciate the content that I put out, if you appreciate the time I take to do these podcasts, and you appreciate the information that's being presented to you or giving you a different way of thought or perception, all I ask you to do, if you agree with it or if you like it or find it interesting or you know you're going through it or somebody else may need to hear it, Share my information, man. Share the links. That's all I'm asking. Y'all support other people, other groups. You support other uh, organizations, clothing, whatever you put your hard earned tax money into. Y'all literally support that. I'm just asking you to do something for free. And that's just spread the word about Pharaoh Radio. That's it. So getting back to what we're talking about here is reflection. And um, reflection is key in every every aspect. Um, and if you don't have reflection, it's kind of hard for you to grow. It's hard for you to realize certain things to, to get to the next level. So I want you all to think about that as we take our next commercial break. When we come back, we're going to continue on this talk, family. This is a laid back conversation. And um, and I just have some things I want to reflect on with you all and see, you know, how you all feel about the things that we're going to be talking about. So don't go anywhere. I'm your boy, J-Rated R. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. It's your boy, J-Rated R. 
And I just want to give you a real quick prayer. Prayer for your life. Prayer for your day. Wake up in the morning. Be thankful. Even if it doesn't seem like there's nothing to be thankful for. Because the number one reason why we should be thankful is we're still here. We're breathing the most highs beautiful air that he breathed into us according to Genesis 2 7 and he made us and formed us from the earth according to Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 1 through 6 now I'm not going to give you scriptures I'm just going to simply say a good prayer a nice prayer and the Holy Spirit so that you can have a better day a blessed day and you all know if you don't know I've done podcasts that's talked about the power of prayer So here it is. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you very much for getting me up out of bed every day. Your will be done, not mine, on earth as it is in heaven. I want to thank you for all my infirmities. I want to rejoice in my sufferings because I know the blessings are coming afterwards. It is just a form of discipline for us to learn what your son, Yahusha HaMashiach, a.k.a. Jesus Christ, had to go through. And I ask that the Holy Spirit lead my words to touch the hearts of those who tune in to Favor Radio so that they can share the gospel with their friends, their family. And may you bless them, Lord, in their finances, in their life. May you take their depressions, their insecurities, their angers, their depressions, and bind them and rebuke them in your holy name. I ask you, Most High, through your son, Yahushua Mashiach, Jesus Christ, to bless all those who they come encounter with, to give them an anointing and to reveal yourself to them so that they may have an encounter with you personally, to know you are the way, the truth, and the life, according to John 14, 6. Thank you very much, Father, for all that you do. Thank you for Favor Radio and the Favor Radio community. And I thank you for my life, my family, my friends, and I forgive those who trespass against me. In your holy name I pray. Amen. You see, guys, it's just that easy. It's not religion. It's just having a relationship with the Father what, in which he wants to have with you more than anything. So take this time. Pray without ceasing. That means to pray continuously. Keep him on your mind. Morning, afternoon, evening, and night. In other words, all day. I'm your boy, Jay Reed at all. You are tuning in the Pharaoh Radio. That's my prayer to you all. Y'all stay blessed. All right, beautiful people, beautiful people. We are talking on the reflection is rehabilitation now real quickly why is that why did i name it that because what is rehabilitate it means to go through a process of being restored getting yourself back to a a, a place of normalcy or even better to be revitalized right to um reanimate your life whether that's your career just everything about you And that's what being spiritually reborn is. It's rehabilitation, being rehabilitated, right? You come from something that had you broken, an addiction, a vice of some sort, 
You were at a point of being at your lowest. So rehabilitation revitalizes you. It gives you, as our politicians are trying to do with this economy, call it the Great Reset. <laughs> now, we all, yes, need to be reset, but this is obviously something of a New World Order agenda. But this is what I mean by reflection is rehabilitation. In order to solve a problem, you have to first admit there is a problem. You have to notice there's a problem, whether that's individually with you or whether that's just something in general. In order to be able to take it to the next level or to, to the next step, there has to be an awareness of there being a problem to solve. And so when we have time to just take time for ourselves, take time to reflect, that gives us reassurance. That reemerges a fire. It rekindles a fire within us. It gives us confidence to move forward where we may have had confidence but lost it along the way or doubt started creeping in and fear came in with that and we just weren't sure. So we won't move in as confident in our steps and our walk. Remember, the Bible says we can make plans and, and, and devise things, but it's the Lord that determines our steps. Now, he preordains us already before we're in the womb, as Jeremiah 1 5 says. And and also Psalms 139, Psalms chapter 139, verse 16. He wrote our life out before we even came here. So, yes, you're preordained. But now you'll say, but what about free will? Do we even really have it? Yes, you do. This is why a lot of us won't return back from whence we came, which is from the father. We came from the father to come here. But when we leave to go back, we might not always go back home. That's what free will comes in. He didn't preordain or predetermine or predestine you to go to hell. A lot of people feel like that because they say, well, if he knows all, if he knew all was going to happen, then basically he wrote my life. He wrote my, my life before it became my life. He declared the end from the beginning, as he tells us in his Bible in Isaiah 46, verse 10. Then. What is my whole point of being here if I really don't have a say in where I go? That's not true. And that where that's where ignorance comes in. This is where self-awareness comes in. You see, when we hear these things about the Bible, when we feel this way about the Lord at first because we lack knowledge, my people perish because they lack knowledge. That's where that comes in. Another thing that I can say based on that is, well, if God knows everything, then why am I going through what I'm going through? You going through what you're going through because you are a self-aware being. You're an individual given free will. You're not a robot. If that was the case, he would have made you do his bidding regardless whether you want to or not. That's not the case, fam. You have free will, which is where it, why it ends up being. It will determine where you end up. Now, the Bible does say he preordained us. He predestined us, uh, predetermined us. Depends on what Bible you got that says whatever the, those three words that mean the same. I've obviously read them all. That's how I know that. But they all mean the same thing, that you were meant and have a purpose that's unique in itself that he wrote for you. He wrote a wonderful life for you. But we don't always follow in the things that he has in store for us because of free will. Kind of look at it like this. There's a video game. You know that the game was made to get through the levels. There's an ending to this game. So we already know there's an ending. There's sometimes they have alternative endings just to add a little spunk, something a little spicy, right? To give you a little bit of variety. 
but it's already been it's developers it's creators of the game right the game developers have already written the code for the game to exist but they had writers and producers and everything who had to have a plot a beginning a middle and an end well that's the bible the bible has a beginning a middle and an end life when we come into this world as babies we have a beginning we grow up we have a middle we get to the end of our life and then we die that's the end he is the Father, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is the Alpha and the, and the Omega. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He created things. He's in time and outside of time all at the same time. Okay, so after having said all that, to give you proper context of where I'm going next in this syntax, follow me. You weren't predestined for hell. But you will end up in hell if you do the things you know not to do or if you... Make the decision to continue to do the things that are wrong. And, and it, mainly, it mainly comes down to just being saved, fam. You're going to still sin after you save. It comes down to at least get saved and believe it. Don't just say I'm saved. I'm in Jesus now and I still can go back and do what I want. No, you are saved. Yes, you will escape wrath. Yes, because it wasn't originally meant for you and I in the first place. It was meant for the devil and his angels. Devoid of God's presence, that's where you go. If you take all the good out of everything, you take God with it. That's what I keep trying to tell y'all. So when I say you're predestined, that means that he's written a life for you to have a unique purpose. And the only way to, to know what that is, you have to walk in his word. You have to allow him permission to intervene in your life because he gave you free will. That's how much of a loving creator he is. He created you with free will to make your own decisions. He don't just embark on your life or intervene in it if you don't want him to. He comes where he's welcome. And he's done more for us even when we don't ask him because that's naturally what he does. He's a good, he's, he's that much of a loving creator. But if we say, I don't want nothing to do with you, then okay, there's only one, there's only two sides to this. If it's not his way and you do it your way, which is the worldly way, the world of sin, the world of the flesh, well, guess who automatically gets hold of you in that case? You already know the dark one. And a lot of us humans are mad because we wonder why we put in the middle of a battle that started before us between him and his angels, fallen ones, and the one that's leading them, leading the platoon. Why isn't this a battle that's kept only for them and we go our own separate way? Now, that's something you're going to have to ask him yourself. I, I've, I've often wondered the same thing. But unfortunately, that's not the way it is. So, <sighs> reflection <laughs> rehabilitation reflection is rehabilitation for me that's why I named it that way because when you have time to reflect on things you can change them things that are within your power that is things that you can have within your grasp things that you quite you don't quite have a, a, a tangible hold on or or can possibly get a hold or a grasp of you work towards it you work to progress other things you have to have faith other things you ask for in prayer because this uh, life is supernatural in itself. We don't determine when we come into this world. We don't determine when we leave. Now, a lot of you may disagree with that on the spiritual end and say, well, we do make contracts before we leave. I do believe that. I do believe that. And yet there's scripture that somewhat supports that notion in Hebrews chapter nine, verse 23. And then, of course, if we're going by the, the Most High himself, he writing these things, us being a spirit that came from him to this place to experience this life and these bodies, 
Then I just I just told you what they were a moment ago. Psalms chapter 139. Read the whole chapter, actually. It gives you way more detail. But if you want specifics, it's in verse 16 of chapter 139 in the book of Psalms. And it's in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Yes, he's talking to Jeremiah, but he's also referring to us in the same way. If you want more evidence in that predestined uh, our existence, then you got to read Ephesians chapter 1, start with verse 5 and work your way down. I would read the whole chapter, though. Because obviously when you get to verses 9 and 11, it talks about nothing that's new under the sun. You see that also in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15. Okay, and Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Now, I made a mistake in something I just said. I said in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, that's where you would start. I would read the whole chapter 1, but yes, verse 5 does start talking as you start reading about predestiny. I made a mistake in saying in verses 9 and 11, it talks about nothing is new under the sun. Nothing is new under the sun is not in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. Nothing new under the sun is in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. Okay? But you will read in Ecclesiastes um, nothing is new under the sun. So I want you all to reflect on that. We're going to take our last commercial break and we'll return out to these messages. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. It's your boy, Jay Rated R. And I just want to give you a real quick prayer. Prayer for your life. Prayer for your day. Wake up in the morning. Be thankful. Even if it doesn't seem like there's nothing to be thankful for. Because the number one reason why we should be thankful is we're still here. We're breathing the most highest, beautiful air that he breathed into us, according to Genesis 2-7. And he made us and formed us from the earth, according to Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1-6. through Now, I'm not going to give you scriptures. I'm just going to simply say a good prayer, a nice prayer, and the Holy Spirit so that you can have a better day, a blessed day. And you all know, if you don't know, I've done podcasts that's talked about the power of prayer. So here it is. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you very much for getting me up out of bed every day. Your will be done, not mine, on earth as it is in heaven. I want to thank you for all my infirmities. I want to rejoice in my sufferings because I know the blessings are coming afterwards. It is just a form of discipline for us to learn what your son, Yahusha HaMashiach, a.k.a. Jesus Christ, had to go through. And I ask that the Holy Spirit lead my words to touch the hearts of those who tune in to Favor Radio so that they can share the gospel with their friends, their family, and may you bless them, Lord, in their finances, in their life. May you take their depressions, their insecurities, their angers, their depressions, and bind them and rebuke them in your holy name. I ask you, Most High, through your son, Yahushua Mashiach, Jesus Christ, to bless all those who they come encounter with, to give them an anointing and to reveal yourself to them so that they may have an encounter with you personally, to know you are the way, the truth, and the life, according to John 14, 6. Thank you very much, Father, for all that you do. Thank you for Favor Radio and the Favor Radio community. And I thank you for 
my life, my family, my friends, and I forgive those who trespass against me. In your holy name I pray. Amen. You see, guys, it's just that easy. It's not religion. It's just having a relationship with the Father what, in which he wants to have with you more than anything. So take this time. Pray without ceasing. That means to pray continuously. Keep him on your mind. Morning, afternoon, evening, and night. In other words, all day. I'm your boy, Jay Reed. All you are tuning in to Favor Radio. That's my prayer to you all. Y'all stay blessed. All right, family, we are back. And we are talking about reflection is rehabilitation. And this is a good talk because it's going to bring back a little bit of a reminder of what we've talked about in other podcasts, many different podcasts from just life in itself to what's going on in this world as we speak. And of course, when you speak Bible, you speak life. And I have told some of you that listen to my show those of you who have been ta- been listening to my show, you know this. For some of you who are just, like I said, maybe first-timers or you may be returning or you may have haven't heard uh, in a long time some of the things that we've talked about on this show, which is quite a lot. I've always said, according to the scriptures and Proverbs, that reading the word of God is your life and health. Now, I don't mean that Hypothetically, or as a metaphor, I mean that literally, supernaturally. This is why y'all have to start reading the word. And when I say read the word, study it, man. The word it, the word is health and life to our flesh. It tells us that literally in Proverbs chapter four, and you started reading at verse twenty to twenty-two. It says, "My son, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not." Depart from your eyes, guard them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So the word is health and life to our flesh. So I just wanted to read that because I wanted it to be solid and accurate and knowing that it's in the scriptures. I J-rated all saying that or hyping it up or twisting or manipulating the word. I would never do that. At least not intentionally, because I believe the word wholeheartedly and it speaks for itself. It doesn't need me to add or take away from it, which the Bible tells us not to do anyway. So you ain't got to worry about that. But it, it, it's literal. Sometimes we try to make things metaphorical. It's literal. man. <laughs> so we all are going through things. I, I have just witnessed not only in my own life with myself but others that are involved in my life in some shape, form, or fashion, or just others all around me, outside of me. People are dealing with old vices, addictions. People are dealing with rehashed, triggered moments. People are dealing with death, sudden death. People are dealing with ailments. A friend of the family 
my my father was telling me earlier today, told him that he has cancer and he'd be having surgery. And if something happens to him and he doesn't come out to surgery, in other words, if he if he, you know, passes away to just, you know, help his son if he needs help, which is my cousin, by the way. And he's a grown man, obviously, but family's there to help family when they need to. People are dying, man. I told you guys earlier to pray for my aunt. Um, I got another family member I just found out has started drinking again. And he almost died from drinking not too long ago recently. He had cancer and some one of his cancer had disappeared. And the other one, they had did like a, um, a radiation shot. And he had been on medication. He was doing good. And uh, I spoke with him earlier. And um, yeah, he, um, he he's back on. He's back to drinking again. He was alcoholic, and it hurt me when I heard it. I didn't say nothing to him, but because especially when he's while he's drunk, he's not going to be able to retain all of what's been said to him. You have to talk to an alcoholic when they're sober. Uh, but see, I'm scared if he doesn't get help and he doesn't get that taken care of. He's going to continue to drink to the point where he has these tremors and things like that, like he had before. And it almost killed him. I'm not going to say who that is because it's you know, a very close family member, but I just want you all to pray for me, man. I got another cousin. He's on drugs real bad. He's out in the street. He lost his daughter a couple years ago. Him and his wife either separated or getting a divorce. I need you all to pray for him. He's lost over 100 pounds. He's... Uh, He's really struggling right now. Then my aunts die. Then my cousin, husband, well, he died before they did. He passed, just dropped dead. Then I found out his aunt died a day after him. What is going on? I'll tell you, it's what the Bible says. And it, I don't care how much you read and prepare yourself emotionally, this stuff sucks. Not to mention things that, like I said, we all have to deal with individually. Emotions and pain and... <sighs> what we all need is love and a hug, man. Forgiveness. And it's hard. You, 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 you almost yearn for it. You're almost willing. To, you, you thrive for it. And, and just sometimes it looks like the more you try to do better, the more you try to do, the more things get thrown and smacked in your face... And then when you can't contain and deal with those things in, a pro, in, a, in an appropriate manner, it comes out abruptly. You know, all those intangibles, if you will, become tangible. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it just sucks, man. So prayer, love and support less judgmental I've been doing pretty good for the most part until I have allowed myself to allow that devil and I'm not giving him no credit of course but I gotta be honest and say it was my fault you know I've allowed the enemy to play off my emotions the Bible tells us and I, I'm just I'm not here to, to do a lot of Bible reading today but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have any podcast without having something to say about the Bible. That's just not how I rock. The Most High is always coming out of my mouth, regardless, fam. There's no shame here when it comes to the Creator. 
I just wanted to make it a more down to earth talk for those of you who like, you know, hearing me vibe with you because, you know, we keep it 100 on the show. We don't we don't play around with it, you know, and ain't nothing to be ashamed about. Real talk. First Peter 412 says, beloved, think not think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Mashiach's sufferance, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. You see, Paul warned, I mean, Peter warned us, all the apostles warned us, heck, going all the way back to older times, the prophets warned us. But you see more of these revelations coming more into play in the New Testament because it's more for that generation into ours. And so now that there's more mysteries being revealed, we are now being able to understand clearly what these things were really saying, especially if you have the Holy Spirit who gives you revelation and, and leads you into all truth. Family, just because I talk the Bible doesn't mean I'm 100 percent on anything. And just because, you know, my love for Christ is real doesn't mean I'm not the dude you can't talk to about any and everything. That's basically what this show is. When we've talked about relationships, sex, we've talked about mental breakdowns. We talked about supernatural things, regular things, financial things, anything you can think of. Pretty much Favorite Radio has touched on it at least once. And if I haven't, out of all the almost 300 shows I've done, well, I mean, it's it, it, it it's a topic. Let's talk about it. Okay. I mean, I could have even had more shows than I have currently. There's times I've taken breaks in between. I've had issues. I've had family things come up. I've had work things come up. I've had, I've been sick. I've had whatever, the, you know, real life situations kick in. It, it, it took me a little bit away from having to do the podcast. Now, let me make something clear about this podcast. As much as I love doing these podcasts, as much as I love talking to you all, as much as I love getting the word out of the most high, as much as I like talking on a down to earth level about everything and giving it to you raw. My life still has important things in it that I have to prioritize first. The podcast is not the most prioritized thing. Now, it's one of my greatest loves. It is one of my important things. It is a way of life, but it is not the most important thing to me because I have a life. And I do give a lot of my time to do these type of podcasts. And I'm very thankful for it. I don't regret anything. I don't have any problems with nothing about my podcast. The only things that I probably have personally uh, concerns are some of the things that I've had in mind to do. And I have yet to do them. And for good reason. But I don't like to be a talker and not a doer. I don't. And it's easy for people to always run their mouth and either give you compliments or talk about you. But if nobody's helping you put the work in and staying with you. And I'm not putting that that onus is on any one particular person or persons. I'm not doing that. It's my show. And I'm, I've just I'm just saying using my show as an example that people will tell you. I've had a few people tell me since I started Pharaoh Radio how they want to be a part of it. They want to be in on it, how they they want to be uh they want to be helpful in any way they can. And I know a lot of times people mean well. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody. But I also know reality kicks in and, and, and you can't put all your eggs in one basket or you're going to be looking real stupid. 
So you have to do things yourself. And it's not a bad thing that you have to because it helps bring a great deal of um, humility and integrity. It helps build character. But you're gonna, it's going to be a struggle at first. It's not a walk in the park all the time. It sounds like that when somebody's talking, but the, the, the reality is you're going to go through some struggles. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna really go through some things. And you have to know what is more important, whatever goals you have in line. One thing I love to do on my show, and it's, it's, it's rub people the wrong way, I'm sure, but I can't worry about that. And I've always told you all this. When I do a show, I don't do it to intentionally hurt nobody. But my podcast is just that, a podcast. On this podcast, we talk about any and everything. On this podcast, we talk about life. We don't sugarcoat it. We don't do it for hits. We don't say what we think people want to hear. We speak out loud. We speak clearly. We speak from the heart. We speak with authority. We do use common sense, common logic, but we also like to express how we feel and give our testimony and our reason for feeling that way without having to worry about whether or not we're right or wrong for it. No one else is telling nobody else how to run their show or what they should say. That's what that's what news anchors have to deal with when they are reporting the news, working for somebody else. On my podcast, I work for me. And you either can dig it or you can't. You either with it or you're not. You either rocking or you ain't. But one thing you can't say, and you can say it, but that don't mean it's true. But one thing I can tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is I keep it real all the way in. I'm always authentic because I got feelings. I'm a man. I'm a heterosexual man. And yes, that means something to me. And I don't mean to offend anybody if you're not heterosexual. I love you either way. But I speak what I believe in. I talk about things I know and things that don't matter to my opinion. If it's something that is in correlation to something else, I talk about it as is. And I don't have to put my personal feelings in it unless I share my personal feelings with you about it. I've had people tell me one of the things they love about my show is how raw I am, how authentic I am, how I've changed their lives. You know, how you, do you know what that means? Do you know how that makes you feel to have people tell you you've encouraged me? You've done this for me and my, my family or my sibling or my significant other or you've given me a different perspective to come closer to y'all or whatever the case is, whatever I've said in the past. It's helped people. So I got to be doing something right. For somebody. That means a lot. You know, even people that's supposed to be in my own corner haven't supported me as much as those of you who don't even know me like that. And y'all got no reason to tell me whatever I want to hear. I mean, there's nothing to gain on this end. I'm not a multimillionaire. Okay. Not even a millionaire, more or less multi. And <laughs> I'm just a regular average Joe, man. I'm just somebody just, just doing a podcast. It ain't nothing special or nothing to it. You can do one, too, if that's something you desired or wanted to do. People have asked me before that, too. Do you think I would be able to do a podcast as if I'm doing something that only very few can do? No, anybody can do this. And majority of the people are doing just that. 
They're speaking their mind, just like YouTube videos. Folks are just turning the cameras on and talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the better, the more they do it, the better they get at it. And then if they, over time, like what they do and they get an audience and they, and you know, and they're motivated, then they start investing a little money here and there to start, you know, getting getting equipment for. And and, and it go they go from there. Next thing you know, a few years go by and they've got an actual uh, devoted audience in the thousands. It's amazing seeing people who started out just with, hunt, with, with one or two people, then they went to a few hundred, which to me, that's good. And then next thing you know, they're up to a thousand. And now they, some of them are, you know, in the hundreds of thousands into the millions. And it's crazy. Because if you monetize those videos, you get paid pretty good when you start making that kind of money. But that's not why we do this. Well, these people like me, if you get paid to do something, that's wonderful. You know, there's a scripture in 1 Timothy 5, 18 that talks about getting paid to do what you do. Oftentimes, people think that because you're a pastor or a minister, I'm not a pastor, by the way. I'm just saying this because usually when we look at church, we think of religion and we look at it as religion is separated from state, which means they don't usually have to pay taxes. It's usually looked at as a nonprofit organization and it's religion. It's based on spiritual things, right? But here's the thing. Usually people think, well, if you're a pastor or if you're doing this or that, you shouldn't be getting paid. Now, there are certain pastors who agree with that. And there are certain pastors who disagree with that. Whether you should get paid to do pastor ministering. I think if you're going full time and you're not working anywhere else, you're going to have to make a living somehow. Now, there's a fund you can separate. It's, it depends on how big your church is, how much people are putting into donations, because those things go into the church funds which the, you don't personally take home for yourself. You take those church funds, you pay, the, you pay the bills, right? The light bill, whatever needs to be paid, property tax. Well, I mean, not property tax. Well, yeah, actually property tax. You still got to pay property tax. <laughs> uh, church ain't going to be on no grounds for free. Even if you own the land, you still got to pay property tax. So you really don't own anything if you still got to pay the government. But anyway, what I was saying is, if you're getting paid to, to, to minister, a lot of people would see that as you robbing the church. Well, First Timothy chapter five, verse 18 tells us differently. You know, First Timothy um, chapter five, verse 18. I want you all to read that and if, for those of you who have enough time or care enough to want to know the answer to this. I'm not going to stop to just do a lot of scriptural breakdown tonight for your family. But like I said, I love this word, man. Everything in my life I can find in this Bible as far as my experiences or why things are. And uh, that's that's kind of scary to me because things are in the Bible. I never thought were in the Bible until I actually started researching and looking deeper into the Bible. And I've been doing this for 23 plus years, man. So that just go to show you, you don't never know all or everything because as long as you live, you're still going to be learning more and more, even to the things you thought you knew before. It's going to be more impactful. Um, basically, 1 Timothy 5, 18, if you go into 17 and 18 and read it, um, it actually tells you it means it's OK to work in the church and get paid to teach and devote full time to service. It's in the scriptures. But I'll read it. First Timothy 5, 17 and 18 says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor, meaning to work in the word and doctrine. 
Verse 18, for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox that treads out the grain. And the laborer, which some of your Bible say worker, is worthy of his reward, or some of your Bible say wages. So that means what I just said. It means that it's okay to work in the church and get paid to teach and devote your full time to service. But don't overdo it. Don't just have people donating all this crazy money because then it starts to look like you're trying to put into the church for yourself, which a lot of pastors do. And that part is wrong. You only take enough from that ministering part for ser- for services rendered, things that you need to, to maintain your bills. You don't go out and buy a brand new Lex and all that stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, come on, man, you're going beyond your means. That's my opinion. Okay. And there's scriptures to support that too, by the way, but we're not going to get into that. I just wanted to reflect on that because what we're talking about here is reflection is rehabilitation. When you have that moment and quiet time to yourself, which very rarely most of us have because the world is so busy, so noisy, phones are always ringing. Somebody's always needing something, wanting something. Uh, The devil is always trying to find ways to keep you distracted so that your mind won't be focused on the word on the most high. And he's always trying to test you or try you or tempt you in some kind of way. And a lot of times, family, we fall for it when we get tested because we're 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 we're, we're under a great deal of stress. Some of us. We're under a lot of. Um, we're just we're into we're into uh, distress or we're distraught about something. There's always a constant bombardment of constant repetition where you just can't seem to escape the loop. You feel like you're in a nightmare. You're arguing more with people over any little thing, anything, period. And families are not being able to get along. It's really, really getting worse. And the Bible says if the days were not shortened, for the elect say, even they would be deceived. Not only does that mean they would be deceived, it means that they would also fall back and stumble back into their ways, their old worldly ways, because the human body is fragile. Our minds are very fragile as well. But in terms of our mentality, our will, if you have a strong will, you can really hold up pretty good. But even the strongest minded individual can be broken. Push the right buttons and know what triggers to hit. They can be gotten too. And they may not be easily gotten. Can't just pull a Jedi mind trick on them like you would any weaker mind minded individual. Now, I'm not trying to say anybody's weaker minded, but let's be honest here. Some people are more uh, susceptible to post hypnotic suggestions, they're more vulnerable. It all depends on the person. So I'm 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 by far, I often personally when I'm questioning the Lord about life, relationships, financial status, you got a lot of brilliant minded people that will give you their opinions about how you should go about something, what worked for them, what you shouldn't say, what you shouldn't do. 
And I'm not going to say that anything that these people have ever suggested is wrong. I will say, though, everything that's suggested doesn't always work for everybody. And not just because it's not because they're incapable or it doesn't mean that they're always incapable. There could be a reason, but that's not the reason that I'm referring to. It could just be any moment in time just based on time itself. So have I let my mind run wild? Of course, still do to some degree. I've allowed it, though. That's the key. I'm a very sharp brother, I think. I feel like I'm very strong-willed. I'm, I'm not stupid by no means. may have done stupid things, but I'm not stupid. I'm very highly intelligent. Uh, intelligence can't be measured in every capacity. You know, we can take tests and all of that, but that's whose test is that? Who's, who's the one giving the test? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So you're basing IQ off of what somebody else's test is. Well, that's not really a good measuring rod to go by. Test is only as good as the person who put the test out there. So the best way I look at things is how is it benefiting you in your life? How you apply your knowledge, your experience, your wisdom to to those things being applied is based on your experience. It's based on learning some hard lessons. Sometimes we don't learn lessons like we should. We'll go through the same ritualistic repetition until we finally stop denying that what we're doing is not working. And that to me is the very definition, or at least one of the definitions of insanity, repeating the same thing, expecting a different result. And we'll say, well, I'm no quitter. I'm a go-getter. I'm going to keep doing it till I make it. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's faith with works. You believe what you're doing and you're putting in the body of work. That's nothing wrong with that, fam. That only becomes a problem if you get so consumed and only doing it that way till you exhaust yourself and burn yourself out mentally. Now, your mental capacity to be at full strength is lacking because you are... um, You've been straining yourself. You've been overdoing things, overexhausting, overwhelmed, overworked, underpaid, whatever the case is. And it doesn't have to be you getting paid. Some people do things voluntarily where they don't get a dime. They just do it because that's something they love doing or they don't mind doing or they, t- they took um, the liberty or the challenge to do it, whether it was for themselves or somebody else or both. And oftentimes people can feel... What they're doing is being depreciated or unappreciated because it gets not the acknowledgement that it deserves, that it that it should or could. And therefore, people just feel taken for granted. But hey, you can't take something for granted. You can't say you've been taken for granted, but so much if you are voluntarily doing it, you volunteered to do it. Expect no particular uh Reaction. Expect the unexpected. You're going to get some reactions that are good. You're going to get some that may, may not be so good. You may not get any at all. And sometimes, to be honest with you, no reaction is worse than be a bad reaction. At least you know where somebody stands with a bad one, and you don't know where anybody stands if they don't give you one. Your mind can only wonder. 
And that drives you more crazier than anything because they didn't say anything. So that kind of implies maybe it may not mean that, but it can give the indication that they don't even care. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, you know, reflecting, fam, on things in general. That's what this podcast is about. It's not anything particular. It's called Reflection is Rehabilitation. You have time to reflect. You can rehab yourself back to where you need to. You just sometimes need a vacation. You need a, a, re, a reset, right? You need to be recharged. Your battery needs to be recharged, right? In order to f- fully f- function and work at 100% capacity. Well, that's why we sleep. That's why we eat. That's why we get rest. So that we can function at 100% or close to 100% capacity. You know, a lot of us are running off of 50% or less. This is where ailments come in, the body breaks down, disease comes in, which means a dis-ease when the body's not in alignment with the spirit and the soul, then there is what we call diseases, which is nothing but a dis-ease. You're not comfortable. You're not in alignment. Therefore, there's no, the balance is off. Your equilibrium is off, right? Your uh, circadian system is off. Okay, that's how you really function. If you learn to manipulate that and throw it off its original uh, timetable, that could cause problems. Major problems. Your mental acuity won't be there. Your mental prowess won't be there. Your focus and concentration won't be there. You'll literally be feeling like you're going insane. That's why sleep deprivation chambers are dangerous. People cannot sleep and when they shut their eyes they're already in the dark when they open their eyes they're in the dark so the mind is tricked into thinking that it's going it's it's in a state of sleep while you're still awoke so you could hallucinate or what i like to call is going to a different stage of of conscious awareness you may go from uh you know your delta theta beta and all of that (laughs) and um Alpha and all those different things, these alpha waves take place, it changes the brain waves. Which, when you get into deeper and higher frequency brain wave patterns, then the mind thinks that it's dreaming and it's not. It's simply having, uh, it's going into a meditative state, a meditate, a medita- a meditation type like state. <sighs> so, that's when some of your greatest fears is subconsciously you've you've you know been storing in your in the back of your mind start coming to the forefront to the surface of your mind and you have to literally deal with that and some people go insane going through that some have heart attacks some manage to get through it with a little bit of a scare but in the end it actually helped them to become much stronger willed and more greater persons more in tune with themselves Less afraid. You know, the Bible tells us that when we get the spirit of God in us, he gives us a spirit of love, of power and sound mind. And it's in the order. You know, he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power, love and sound mind. So initially, also, that's in Second Timothy chapter uh, two. Uh, I mean, it's in Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. I'm sorry. You can see I'm kind of stumbling for words myself. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven talks about that. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power, love and sound mind. Now, 
Also, if you want to know more about the way the fruits of the spirit operate, you got to read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. It goes into much more greater detail. And the spirit that we're talking about is the Holy Spirit, fam. So let's start to tell people that who don't know. It's always somebody who don't know, believe it or not. And things that we take for granted and look at other folks with our face turned up. <laughs> like, you don't know what that is? Well, if you go to a certain country or something, you may not know something and they may look at you like, you don't know what that is? Because everybody around here do. I thought that was worldwide. I thought everybody knew what that was. I knew a friend of mine back in the day, years and years ago, who lived in Houston, Texas. They never heard of coin pudding. They didn't even know what that was. And then they asked me, how do you make it? And finally, year, uh, like a couple of years later, or it might have been less, they had some corn pudding after what I told them. And they thought it was the most delicious thing ever. And it was. You can eat corn pudding hot or, or, or cold, but I would recommend eating it hot, you know, warm. But, you know, some people like things cold. Some of y'all like cold pizza. I can't do cold pizza. My pizza got to be at least warm, if not hot. And um, some people love cold coffee. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll drink the same cup of coffee, but if it gets a little cold, I got to warm that stuff up. But everybody's different, fam. Yeah, I've drank cold coffee. I've had cold pizza. Okay. I've had cold, cold uh, corn pudding. But I prefer those things warm. It's like I don't like eating cold eggs unless it's actually a, a boiled egg. Then I can eat that. But if it's scrambled or fried eggs, then it's best for it to be, you know, after it's fresh, after you cook it. Everybody has different tastes, fam. Your taste and my taste may be similar. They may differ. That's part of why having variety is a blessing. It's a leisure. Everybody, especially in some of these third world countries, they don't have those type of leisures that we take for granted. They don't have all those options of opportunity and they don't get to just be free, uh, free spirited and, and have a liberal mind and say what they will or don't won't do and say with such brio and authoritative uh, being authoritative and, and how they, you know, display and conduct themselves. You know, people are they're still slaves on the planet, believe it or not. <laughs> Slavery still exists in some places, man. And I, I don't condone that for nobody. I don't care, I, you know. But just like I wouldn't think it's fair that some states don't have to pay taxes on certain things like clothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But other other states do. I mean, that's a small little situation compared to other bigger more greater more important situations but nonetheless it's something that you can take and look at because all things big have to have had to have happened from something small and they just persisted over time and got worse because no one dealt with them then when they have to deal with it it's something it's it's huge it's it's something that's not going to happen and change overnight because it's a lot of time has transpired to get it to where it's at and unfortunately it got worse before it's going to get better. That's with anything. So why is Jay saying all this stuff? Obviously, besides it being that this is a form of reflection, which is a form of rehabilitation. Why am I saying this? Because family, the world is in a state of duress. 
the, the world is, is going through it right now. The world is um, tilted upside down on its axis. Everything is going to, you know what, crap. Trying to refrain from cussing. <laughs> um, word or two will slip out sometimes here and there, but just take a look around you. And I don't know where you are, who you are, or where you're tuning into from uh, into this podcast from. You know, obviously, you may be hearing this as a recording at this point. Nonetheless, wherever you are listening at this podcast, or whenever you are, what are the conditions of where you live? What are they like? Do you like where you live? Are you happy? Are you making enough money? Is the job that you're working a job that you are trying to make a career from? Or is it just a job just to get by, just to make ends meet, just to pay the bills? Are they, are they, are they overworking you? Are you underpaid? Now, I'm never, I'm never going to ask anybody are they overpaid. That just doesn't make sense to me. How do you be overpaid? I mean, some people may say that's too much money for that job. That's their opinion. But I can't say no one is ever overpaid. I can say this. You have greedy people who love to make money off of other people, which is covetous. They want what somebody else has because they just can't seem to be thrilled and happy and satisfied with what they already have. Enough is never enough to people like that. It's greed. They want more power. They want more money. They want more this, more that. The Bible says that is covetous. And it's greed. Covetous and greed kind of go together. They go hand in hand. And what comes out of that is pride, which is one of the worst sins that you could you could ever be. Now, I don't think if you're proud of your children for doing something, that's not the kind of pride the Bible's talking about. It's talking about self-love. Conceited. Conceited love is pride. Right? Know-it-alls. People who you can't tell nothing to, they can't le- they can't learn nothing new because they know it already. That's pride. People who like to boast and brag on themselves. The Bible says if you're boasting, that's a sin. On yourself. Anything you put too much, because you know why it's a sin, family? Put it together. The most high is brilliant. He shows us this, and we just we don't want to see it. The reason why he tells you not to boast in yourself. Or to have pride because you would be putting yourself above anyone and everything, including the most high. And that is one of the Ten Commandments, which we call idolatry. Anything that doesn't come after Yah is idolatry because you're putting it before him. Thou should not have any other gods before me. He means that. He's a jealous God. Exodus 34, 14. So you need to know your creator. And you say, well, okay, that, that's where I draw the line, buddy. <laughs> Some of y'all will say that, right? You'll say, that's where I draw the line, Jay. How could this omnipresent, omni all this and that all-powerful God, creator of the universe, be jealous of a little old us? And why would he care? Well, he cares because he's a loving God. He created you, not just for his purpose, obviously for his purpose, but not as if you're a toy. If that was the case, he wouldn't have gave you free will. You'll say, well, he gave us free will just so we could spice up him playing with us a little bit. Nah, man. Let me tell you something. He loves you and he wants you to acknowledge him because he knows what's best for you. You'll say, well, what if we know what's best for us better than him? Well, that I cannot argue with you about because if you're in that mindset, 
then my words won't mean anything to you. But since we're already on that discussion, I'll give you my opinion. I think that's a foolish way of thinking if I were you. What do you know about yourself that the Most High couldn't possibly know about you if he's connected to all things, is all things, knows all things? He's the one that's right, wrote your story out. He wrote you before you even manifested and became a being. That's in Psalms 139.16. Read it, family. Read the whole book. Read the whole chapter of 139 of Psalms. The point I'm making is this. You have to reflect to heal. There has to be a self-aware prognosis and diagnosis of what is, what was, and how it's to be dealt with. Because if you can honestly do that, you are steps and miles and light years ahead of a lot of people on this planet. Because people don't get, it's the simplest things that make life worthwhile. We'll often be trying to look for uh, the, the answers to the universe through calculus calculations and <laughs> you know quantum mechanics and all of this, which leads to the spirit realm, yes. But sometimes the secrets to the universe are right there on the back of a piece of bubble gum or right there in your face or a child may have given you the answer to 30 years of, of, of solving a problem that you didn't have a hundred scientists in a room doing calculations on a board trying to figure out. And here comes a child with just the simplest method. And that was actually the answer to it all. That's the type of stuff we, we, we overlook because it's right in our face. The best way is the old saying goes, the greatest way to hide the truth is in plain sight. Because you're too busy trying to look for something that you're missing what's right in front of you. More doesn't always mean better, even if it's money. Of course, more money. Now, I know a lot of y'all ain't going to agree with that because <laughs> you say, well, the more money I got, the better my life is. The more happier I am for at least right now for what money can buy. But what can money buy? What does it represent? I did a podcast. I don't remember the exact name. Sorry, I do a lot. So I can't remember everything I do in terms of the names. But I did a podcast called The Power of Currency, I think or frequency or something of that nature. And it did have something to do with money as well as power. Because in that podcast, one of the things I do remember talking about was the representation symbolically that power and money are one and the same. Or they work hand in hand. They're synonymous. When you have a lot of money, you have power. Because you have access to things most people who have no money don't have access to. You can connect to people. You can hire people. You can get your hands on whatever the latest technology is because you can afford it and you're afforded an opportunity that most people aren't because folks usually and I hate when they do this they like to compare and liken somebody with money as being somebody in other words if you don't got no money you don't got a spot you're nobody but get a little bit of weight up get your weight up get 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 a get a um Get a good reputation behind your name. Get some money. They'll start noticing you. Oh, you'll get invitations from out of nowhere to come to this particular club or to join these type of groups of people or, you know, private parties only for people who, you know, it's it's crazy, man. But this is how it works. And you're networking. 
the greatest commodity is knowledge. And, you know, as much as I heard that growing up and even before I got deep into the Bible, I've always been into the Bible for 23 plus years. But you want to know something? When I was a child into and coming into a man, and it wasn't until I was a young man, that saying, the greatest commodity is knowledge. You know where I got that from? Now, it's been said all throughout life and history and everywhere. But, you know, I've heard it before in other places. Let me rephrase this. Do you know what brought it to my attention the most? Was a movie that Michael Douglas played in called Wall Street with Charlie Sheen, Daryl Hannah, and many other people that played in that movie. But those two guys were the main protagonists. They were the main characters and actors in the movie. Oh, and of course, Charlie Sheen's dad played as his dad in that movie, Martin Sheen. He actually had his real dad play as his dad. So, I mean, that came natural, obviously. And they look so much alike. But anyway, Charlie, not Charlie Sheen, um, Michael Douglas. He's a funny dude, but he's a very intelligent guy in real life. But he played a very, very, and this is based on a true story, by the way. So you should look at that movie called Wall Street. And I love part two with Shia LaBeouf also and Michael Douglas. But nothing beats number one, the original. Because it, it was based on something that actually took place. And this movie was made in the 80s. My time of growing up. So, you know, I was lucky and blessed to have lived throughout the 80s. To, to, to see all the different styles. And I could tell you what we had and what we didn't have. Um, it was amazing, fam. The air was different. There wasn't all this processed food we're eating. Sure, there was processed food, but not at the, not at the state that it's at now. We didn't have all this technology and these these different frequency modulating, interrupting frequencies. We didn't have any of that. We didn't. You know what we had? We had basic things. Now, we were more advanced than our previous generations of uh, parents and and grandparents and, you know, blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. (laughs) But what we had was simple. We had no cell phones back then. Now, there were pagers, but they weren't a thing yet. That didn't come until the 90s for us where everybody had to have a pager. Normally, pagers were only for doctors and people like that. Because doctors got called into surgeries and emergencies and things like that. So they had a pager. And they used to tell the nurses, if you need me, page me or call me. Then pages got a little bit more popular and everybody started getting them. See, this is way before cell phones were booming or before they even really came out. Now, there's always been phones going all the way back to the 40s and 50s. But those were only for government officials like people who are in the FBI or maybe certain police and or somebody who was very prestigious who had their hands on a on on a, on a um a, a prototype it just wasn't something that was marketable and it wasn't being sold like that and you couldn't afford it back then but then when we get into the 90s the early 90s mobile phones started coming out right and uh, I remember my dad had one, man. He used to have the bag and everything with the mobile phone in it. And he'd plug it into the cigarette lighter to charge it, keep it up, keep it on. And it was the coolest thing. You know, you could either pick it up and talk or you could put it down, hit the speakerphone button and be talking. I actually missed that. 
I actually miss him. Uh, he actually sold. I, I don't know what he did with that. But that was really awesome. Um, having that. That phone. In fact, I actually. I actually still wish he had it. <laughs> now, whether he could still use it or not, that because it was an analog phone. So, you know, now everything's digital. Digital came out for us late, late 90s into the early 2000s. Things, everything became digital. So analog phones no longer were working. So, I mean, like I said, I could just tell you all about old phones, pay phones. For those of you who are so young, you don't even have any clue what we're talking about. This is, we're fossils or historians to y'all, but... Yeah, we lived, we lived in those areas and we was able to do it because it was for the time. That's how we were raised. People always often, I laugh at some of the youth when they ask, how do y'all survive? As if we're so old, like, how do we make it this far? I laugh at that because I think every generation kind of does that with older generations. They compare what they have and what they do now versus what they didn't have and what they did back then. And if you ask any older generations from their time of growing up, they'll tell you their time was better. They'll tell you it was more simpler. People did more. Folks communicated. Folks were more connected. Food was tastes better. The quality of things were 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 um, acknowledged. The the quantity of things were better. Things were cheaper. Even though you know people still had to make ends meet, and they weren't making that much according to whatever the economy was. That's what they were making. My mom and dad told me one time when I was right before I was born. They used to make like $5,000 a year. And that was a lot then. Like everybody wasn't making that. Now if you say that today to somebody. They're going to look at you like what? I can get that in a week or two weeks. Yeah. Times have changed. Supply and demand has increased. Things have changed. There's greater assets and imports of things that's going on. You know. It, it, it's a different type of world we live in now. And some of the prices for things now is just so ridiculous. It's like, damn, you're not even getting what you're paying for. You're not even getting the quality. You get a bag of chips, they almost come with just half more, more air than anything. You know, you open the bag and the chips look like they already been ate. <laughs> it's almost halfway down, but, you know, it's just nothing is, nothing is, is, it's not what it seems, man. You don't get quality and quantity no more. You don't. You just don't. You know, people are ruder now. People are more entitled. They feel like they're entitled. Now, you know, racism, that's always existed. But that that was created by the fallen angels on purpose. Divide and conquer is much easier for the opponent when they have you triggered in such a way you can't see them coming in any, any other kind of way. That's why y'all should reach um, Sun Tzu's book, The Art of War. It's a brilliant book, man. I got the book, actually. I've had it for years. And uh, you study it, man. You, you just feel like you're on a different level of knowledge. That dude's brilliant. Um, but family, just reflect. Whatever you're going through, whatever you got going on in your life, reflect. Um, there's so much to talk about. I'm not going to be able to cover everything. It's just a moment to reflect. We're going to have more podcasts like this. Um, we'll have different types of discussions. We'll reflect on different types of things. Real quick, while we have a few minutes left, I want to go ahead and talk to you real quickly about what's coming. Now, you've heard me talk about this on my shows when I did the 
Rapture and Resurrection series. You heard me talk about it through all forms of other shows that we've done. But I want to tell you something. I want to reiterate something. There's a lot going on right now. It's too much, so much that people can't even have time to sit down and hear themselves think. The demonic activity has increased. There's portals opening, whether you believe it or not. Frequencies have increased and gotten worse. Agendas are being made right before our very eyes on TV. We don't even hear and pay attention to what they're being, what we're hearing. They're literally telling you they're about to have a, a one world order. <laughs> you know what I'm they're literally telling you that there's a peace thing that they're trying to. It's not the peace treaty that most people erroneously say it's in the Bible, but that's what they're talking about. They're also talking about a seven year agenda, and it's not going to take them seven years. And they're not going to even probably have seven years according to the Bible, but we're not going to get into that either. You got to look at things the way they really are. Um, people are getting hurt too, by the way. I'm noticing more people are having surgeries for this, surgeries for that. People's legs is messed up, arms is messed up, ribs is messed up, foot is messed up. It's like whatever they're having surgery on, everybody is going to the hospital. Now I urge you all, don't don't be, please don't take any um, shots to the arm, if you know what I'm saying, and. Uh, you say, well, why? I mean, it's, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to get into that. You either do it or you don't. You either will or you won't. I just told you that in code because, well, not really even in code. I just didn't name what, what I said. I did say take a shot to the arm, so whatever. Listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. I, you know, I might come off that way because of where, I, where, my, where I'm always at mentally and, and then even in my spiritual life. Uh, I, I know what I know. I can't be crazy because I've seen it. I witnessed it. I wasn't dreaming. I wasn't asleep. I was out of the body. <laughs> and it's not just you don't have to have an out of body experience family to know this, to feel this, to believe this. There's other ways this information will manifest and in, in, in other ways for you to see it. You know, you don't always have to have the same types of experiences. And let me tell you something. There's nothing to that. When you have out of body experiences. Yes. Is it amazing? Of course scary too because you don't know what you may walk or bump into when you're out there in those planes wandering about lost on uncharted territory out of your body you just don't know and so it's just a time to reflect man take you a breather take you a vacation get you a drink and i don't mean get drunk don't get plastered some people like to try to call themselves escaping and all that does is create more pandemonium Newer habits that are not want well, there weren't won't um, I can't talk man that won't there wants there um a whole lot of things we're trading one sin or one vice for another family none of it's good it's just that some things can be more tolerable than others but that don't make it good by no stretch of the imagination is a sin good at least not to God. And that's all that matters. At the end of the day, if y'all say this is a sin, it really it don't really matter what you think. Because if you're going and do it anyway, you're going against him. And he's the one that has the last say in, in what happens. So you just learn to play along, play ball. You I mean, I'm not talking about be fake and fake nothing. Don't ever fake nothing. Be you. Be authentic. I can't stand no fake person, man. I can't stand no fake jewelry. Can't wear it. Break out. And the way I break out wearing fake jewelry is the same way I break out when I'm dealing with fake people. And it's not the same way, but that's that was a good correlation. I like to say 
I break out because I don't want to keep dealing with people if they're not being who they truly were meant to be. And that go for anybody and everybody. I could care less what you think. I really could. And it just goes to show you you don't have a say like you think you do. You got to fight for everything you say, everything you do. This world is a dog-eat-dog world. The moment you're not doing something that people want you to do, if you're not making the right decisions or doing something in the way people want you to do it, you're going to be public enemy number one. And that, you don't have to have a Flavor Flay or a Chuck D for that to matter. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> Now, those of you that's old enough to understand what I just said, some of you old enough and don't even know what I said because some of you weren't into hip hop back in the day. Public, Public Enemy Number One was a very conscious rap group. They spoke on matters like, you know, affirmative action, um, you know, just things that mattered. They educated the public in their raps, you know. And that's back in the day when the 80s when you could understand rap. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was old school rap. But anyway, family, we're just going to go ahead and cut it off right now. I do want to leave with this. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this podcast. I want to thank you for those who've been tuning in, whoever they are, wherever they are, whenever they decide to tune in. Let this prayer also touch them as as well. Let this be uh, a, a stepping stone for them. Let this be an opportunity, Father, for them to come into having a relationship with you and if they already have one great but for those who don't allow them that same privilege and opportunity that you have allotted to the rest of us father i ask you to give them all the strength give them all the blessings put a hedge protection around them open their eyes and remove the scales off their eyes so that they can see the enemy father i ask you to increase all of the discernment for those who have it and don't have it give it to those who don't increase it to with those who do Because you want us as your children to know everything you say, to understand it, and to walk in it. And Father, I just want to thank you for all that you do for me. Despite all the things that I put you through, all the things that I deal with on a daily, all the things that may come across my mind, all the feelings, all the pain. I just want to thank you, Father, for giving me a mouth to speak up when I need to, but also humble me when I need to. That's something I also still need to work on as well. In your mighty name, I pray, Jesus Christ, Yahushua HaMashiach. Protect us for what's coming as we await your return. And to all those who've been tuning in to Favor Radio, I want to thank you for, as well for your support. For my diehard supporters out there, this is directly for you and you only. Thank you for getting the word out. Thank you for believing in the brother. And thank you for never giving up on me. Even when I don't always come through like I would like to. You know I mean well. You know my intentions speak for themselves. My hard work speaks for itself. I want to thank anybody that I may be enemies with that I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't know of any enemies that I have. But I'm sure other than the enemy behind the veil, I'm directly, definitely talking to you. You cannot put asunder what the Most High has already put out and planned. As long as we walk in what he has set for us, no one can pull that apart. Nobody. So I say that to say this. Have a good night. Stay blessed. Y'all be safe. I'm your boy, Jay Read It All, signing off, saying to all those, with much love, 
I'm out. Peace and namaste.